Welcome everyone to another episode of More Marketing Ideas with me, Fred Gillen, your host, where you will learn from industry experts based on their life's experiences and business processes. So let's get on with the show. In today's podcast, I'd like to introduce you to Joanne Holbrook. Joanne is a mother of two and spouse of a United States Army officer and now lives in Honolulu, Hawaii. She has lived in over five countries, four continents, and five US states in the, over the last 14 years. Born in South Africa and living half her life under the controlling apartheid government, she began to yearn for the better understanding of cultures outside of her world. Moving to the UK in her mid-twenties, Joanne started her adventures to learn more about other cultures. This experience, combined with the world travels that came with the military lifestyle, allowed Joanne to observe cultures and parenting from multiple international perspectives uh, with a broader worldwide view. Joanne is the author of Your Passport to Parenting, a professional keynote speaker, parenting advocate and entrepreneur, who through our friendships, books and speaking events shares parenting stories to help build positive value-based families around the world. So with that introduction, Joanne, welcome to the show. Would you like to share just a little bit about yourself or a little bit more about yourself and, um, you know, what got you into business and then we'll see where the conversation takes us. Yeah, sure, sure. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is uh, Joanne Holbrook um, and right now I am an author and a on, I do online parenting courses. I have a book called Your Passport to Parenting and um, I am originally South African, born and bred um, and then I got a bit of a, a need for adventure so I did what all good South African girls do and I went to London. Um, while I was there I worked in theatre and my, I met my husband who is a US Army officer. Um, we then started traveling the world. His job moves, moves him every 22 to 24 months. So we started moving country every 22 to 24 months. And um, we, you know, we, we, we've lived in, uh, four, on four continents in five countries um, and in five US states over the last 14 years. And what happened was, you know, while you're raising a family and you're moving all the time and you don't have your own support system or your own family around you, you have to lean on other people. So I started leaning on other men, women, different cultures, um, and I just started asking questions about how to raise my family, you know, all these questions that come up as a new mom and, and as a mom of littlies. And what happened was, my, my questions turned into research and all of a sudden I started writing down these amazing advice and stories that came from all these people from around the world um, that just never get shared and the book sort of happened after that and now I do online courses and share these tools and I package them together so that people can really just, um, you know, get what I had, if you know what I mean. So that's, that's it in a nutshell of the, the journey here to this place now. So, so that, that's amazing. I mean, I, I can't imagine what it would be like having mm -hmm. to, you know, declutter every two years effectively to, to move. And uh, so do you have the boxes already pre-packed and you just don't open them when you get to a new place? Ah. 
<laughs> no, we've only done that once. No, actually, we, we're lucky. Whenever we move, um, we uh, they send people to pack for us. So it'll be about a four-day pack uh, of just you're not allowed to touch anything. Otherwise, they don't insure it. So you just stand around and um, watch everyone pack your stuff. Um, and then when they deliver it, that's when you get to unpack it. But I'm a big unpacker. Like I, I give us seven days to do everything. Unpack everything, curtains up, pictures on the wall, um, seven days. So <laughs> I'm pretty wow. good at unpacking. <laughs> and you, you mentioned that like you're in Hawaii at the moment. So when, when's your next move? Actually, um, I think we're going to stay here for a little bit now. Um, my children are hitting high school, so we're going to try and give them the same high school. Uh, they've been to so many different schools in different countries. Um, and, you know, the previous move before here was Australia. We were in Canberra for a couple of years, so they were in school there. So we just wanted to give them a little bit more stability. So I think we're going to stay here until at least one of them graduates. That sounds like a reasonable plan. Now, you <laughs> mentioned that um, like you've started online courses. So did you actually do anything in the beginning, like in the physical sense, so you know, having meetings with people to find out what they wanted, or did you just go straight online? What I did was, uh, well, COVID hit. So my book launched in um, March 2020, and I had to cancel my book launch and everything. And I really had to stop and relook at how I wanted to do things, because when I when I published my book, I didn't actually know what would happen. You know, it's often we have these ideas for a business, and I didn't even have that. It was just a matter of I want to just put these positive stories and positive ways for parents out. And then the book started, you know, going well, and people started wanting more. So I didn't go into business sort of um, with a plan. I really had to just figure it out as I went along. So, you know, the book happened and then COVID happened and then we moved. And in that time, a lot of people were asking for more, more of me, more of uh, what I was teaching and all of that. So I threw together, well, I say throw together, but do we ever really throw anything together in business? Um, I did a seven-day intensive course just to test out my market. And I I called it bringing the the course my my book to life. So it was it was sort of the highlights for me done with me and a little more, um, and that really has was the the course that launched me to look at doing online courses as a real thing because that course um, immediately brought in about thirty three people um, from eight different countries. And the feedback was amazing and it was just really revved me up and I was like, ah, this is what I'm meant to do. So that really was the start of my online courses. So when you, so I'm really interested because I'm obviously in the digital space and marketing space. Hmm. Um, so I'm interested in like being a novice and somebody that's never jumped into that area. How did you get the skill set or what, what did you do in the, in the beginning to get the word out so you got the 33 people to your first event? Um, I honestly just used um, my network. You know, I'm big on networking. Um, in every country I've ever, li ever lived, the first thing I do is network. Um, 
for whatever I have going on at the time. So my net, my network, my close network was big, um, and I drew. I just leaned on them and drew from that uh, for this course. Um, you know, it was a lot of referrals. It was a lot of friends telling friends kind of thing. Um, and then what I did was I made sure that I did as many courses with other people as possible uh, just to see how they do it. Uh, like you say, I didn't have a clue. I didn't know how to put it together. I didn't know what platform to use. I didn't know anything. So the only thing I could do was see what others were doing, and that's what I do even in my book, you know, how do other, how do other people parent. Um, and I started doing that exact same model in my business. So I signed up for about 10 different courses. Some of them I didn't even finish because that I was like, this is not for me. And then I started taking what I liked from everybody's way um, and implementing it and just figuring it out really, you know, from, from scratch um, to how I wanted it to look and feel. I suppose that like I, what I'm getting out of that is that it could be another course on your agenda of how to create a course. Yes, I, you know, you're probably not far off from that. You know, I've done four courses since then, um, and next year I'm really leveling them up because I'm redoing the course that I did last year now. Um, but now I looked at it the other day and I thought, oh my gosh, I have grown so much in a year. I'm redoing the entire thing um, from scratch. I'm pulling it apart and I'm going to redo it. Because you do grow and learn, and but you have to, I guess you just have to do it to do to get to the next phase, you know. But it is it is amazing seeing what I was going to do now and 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 look at it and go, oh my gosh, what a year, what a difference a year makes. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I um, my background, like I, you know, I, I do digital marketing, and it was always uh, local networking that got me my business. But then COVID hit. And suddenly yeah. it meant I had to market myself online. Um, talking about marketing, I came across a term called the 2021 community. Um, and I believe that you termed that phrase. Am I correct? Oh, I did. Yes, with Misty Henkel. <laughs> that was the beginning. Yeah, that was what I started last year was I was doing 2021. Um, and uh, I, I did leave it eventually. Uh, because it sort of ran its, ran, its, ran its course for me, um, but yeah, I did I did start that last year of everything was going to be twenty twenty one dollars and and um, yeah, so that was that was me. <laughs> well, you've actually ta I, I've actually taken your baton because I've actually created a twenty twenty one community on Facebook. And oh wow, it, that's great! <laughs> and it's actually growing, and I and I did actually credit you with with the the phrase as well. So so I, I didn't pitch it. I'm, I'm just running with with it because I think it's a you know from a marketing perspective and just mm. looking at it, it just got me right on day one. So uh, so we've set up the the 2020 community on Facebook to help people. Uh, but uh, I just thought it was an interesting marketing ploy. Yeah, and, and that's how I marketed the first course, you know, and then. Um, as well as the, because it was the first one, you know, trying to get testimonials and feedback and all of that as well. So the payment was in other things too, which is also good to put out there up front. Yeah, no, I agree. So if you're like, not that the, it's been going that long, but if you were going to start again, what, what was the, I suppose, the hardest thing that you came across or, or what lesson would you give anybody that was thinking about starting a an online course or an online membership site or whatever it might be? 
I think the hardest thing was finding out what felt good for me and going with that because you know if you run it and it doesn't feel like you people can sense that you know and it also has to be uh, I have to be able to keep it going so going through what I really liked and what I didn't like some people or, or even like how like I did some people's courses and they were so rigid that I never felt like I connected to the person giving them um, and that um, but then there were some people who were so lax that they just seemed too relaxed and I was like oh this doesn't really feel professional and then just finding that sweet spot for yourself where you feel like you can be people can connect to you and you're being professional and you're giving high value and you're giving good content I think finding that sweet spot for yourself is is probably been the best thing I've done and it's taken four five courses just to get there you know trial and error and all of that but paying attention to to how it makes you feel as well as the the one giving the courses I think is really important I think it's something people don't pay enough attention to a lot of the time so, so how do you quantify your sweet spot I honestly just do it on what feels really good I think you know when you get it but I think you have to go to different extremes you know you have to go um, you have to sort of just trial and error and, and like I said I think the best thing I ever did was take as many courses from everybody else as possible whether they were paid or whether they were free if there was a course I was in it I was I was there and, and I and gave myself a few months to just do courses I was coursed out but I would be taking notes this person does this I really like this this person does this I like this and then at the end you start seeing a picture of what 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 feels good for you so moving forward what's um what's your plans for say the next two years ah oh, I'm really gonna focus on my courses now um, uh, I'm going to be doing a, a little bit more one-to-ones I'm working with some people where I take them privately through the courses so we go we go at their pace and we go at what's relevant to them um, and then I've got group courses and then um, these one-to-ones as well so my my goals for the next two years is to maybe get the book another review you know and, and add some more things in because I've grown in my knowledge as well and and, and stuff um, but also to add a course every second month uh, to do a a course of some sort Wow, it's a, it's a nice goal to have. On, on yeah. the publishing side, like you, you mentioned that you published your book. Did you self-publish or yeah, did went, you go to a publisher? I, I went to it. It's, it's a hybrid publisher. It's called Aviva Publishing. Um, and, you know, like I, I had no idea what I was doing there either and I, I got a coach. And I think that finding people to help you and guide you and and that has is also the most important thing I think we can do is ask for help you know um, and I, found I, have an, I have an amazing book coach um, that I'm happy to share with anyone if they'd like to hear um, and he feeds you to the publisher at the end of the process so you get a book label you get a publisher I speak to my publisher every like about once a year we have a little review um, but I I funded it if that makes sense, they don't—they don't have any rights to my book. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's a, that's obviously a good plan because it's, you know, it's, it's your copyright and your mm. legacy, so to speak. So it's important that you own the, own the rights. So yeah, but um, I, I have all the support, you know. I have the marketing support from them. I have just the advice. I always call it the blind spot. You know, what, what can't I see? What don't I know? You know, like what questions don't I know to ask? So that's what they're there for. And they just, they just keep your blind spot, blind spot always visual for you which I really appreciate. <laughs> so, so when you decided to like write your book uh, and then you looked for a mentor or a coach or a publisher, um, what was the part you took or, or what made your decision to select the one you did? You know, I really wish it was that I had done so much research and all of that. It really wasn't. I, I, I think when the book st started coming into my life and I was feeling like oh I've got to write these stories down and I started writing them down and as I started writing them I realized how much I had um, to share and around that time I saw a girl that I knew on social media and she had just published a book and she was doing her book launch and that and I just contacted her and I said where do you even begin I don't even know where to begin and um, she got me in contact with her coach who became my coach and after one conversation um, you know I, I sort of told him the idea he was like he looked around he's like N nothing's been done like that before let's do it and it really was just a timing thing it was the right person brought at the right time um, and we just the next week we we started really going in and writing the book I had a timeline I I had a, a date that I wanted it done by and we just kept to that that so it really snowballed once I just met the right people yeah sometimes everything just falls in place yes. doesn't it so. that was exactly that was exactly it just it just happened one week I was thinking about writing a book and literally the next week I was I was writing a book all the time <laughs> So do you find there are any issues with your, your parenting book that, you know, with regards to demographics of people in different countries or it's, or does the same information and advice apply to everyone? Well, what I realized through everything was that there is more than one way to be a good parent. And no matter what country you come from, everybody lives in a snow globe where they only know what they know because their culture dictated or it's how their parents raised them. Um, and everybody in different countries, once you share these things with them, it almost opens that snow globe up and they go, oh, wait a minute, there's another way to do it. Um, and that's really how it, how it works. I have 11 countries mentioned in the book or highlighted. Um, and each one, I only share the really good positive things because that's my message is to just positivity in families and that's what everybody wants so whether you're from Scandinavia or Australia or Africa you know just to have another way to do it is really what br what brings people towards me is how else can I do it because if you don't know you don't know yeah that's so true um, so uh, just as a, a closing out because we're, we're coming up mm -hmm. to just on 20, 20 minutes and I try as I said uh, prior to the, the chat that uh, you know I try to limit the um, conversation 20 or 30 minutes um, if somebody wants to get in touch with you what what's the best way for them to do that 
You know, I have a. Um, I'm I'm very big on social media. So if you find me on Facebook, either um, on Your Passport to Parenting. So don't forget the Your Your Passport to Parenting. I'm also um, Joanne Holbrook on so, on social medias on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, and then you can you can email me at joanneholbrook76 at gmail dot com right now. Um, I'm pretty quick to get back to people, and um, I'll be, I'll start be putting information out about my next course, which will start in February. It's going to be a good one, um, and uh, yeah, that that's pretty much that's pretty much it. <laughs> and oh, and my website—I forgot about my website. I have a website called yourpassporttoparenting.com, um, and the links to everything is there: the courses, the social media, my blog, everything's on there. <laughs> Terrific. I'd, I'd like to put that information up in the uh, show notes as well for everybody's yeah, yeah, thank convenience. You. And, and just one final question for any new parent out there. What would be the one piece of advice you would give them? Uh, you know, I, 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 I struggle with new new parents like babies, so I think that's a whole other world. Because, But if you're a mom or a dad of a little person, you know, sort of not a toddler, but just maybe a little bit bigger than a toddler, I always say if you take nothing from me except how you look at your child when they walk in a room, I think that that is the most important thing because a lot of the time as parents get so wrapped up in our lives and our worries and what we have to do that we frown when a kid comes in or we wake them up because we're late and we, we're angry and we have to go quickly and get out the door and you know taking a moment every time you see them for the first time in the day or school or coming home from work that your face lights up like a Christmas tree and just let them see how much you love them just in that moment and then move on to the fact that they look like a mess and you're late and we have to get out the door. So I always say just give them that moment of of just seeing every day how much they mean to you. It can really be a game changer. Yeah, I think that works on both sides. Like I'm a grandparent mm -hmm. and I can honestly say as soon as the grandkids walk into the room, my day lights up. So, um, you know, the smile on everybody's <laughs> faces. Yeah, and let them see that. I think it's it's yeah. so important. Yeah, very important. Yeah. Okay, Joanne, I really appreciate your time today, and I oh, I, I got a lot you. out of t today's chat, and I hope the listeners did as well. If they want to contact you, all the details will be in the show notes. And uh, once again, thanks for your time. Ah, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No problem. Take care. Have a great day. Okay. Bye bye. Yeah, I mean, um, I used to run some live events, but since COVID, no. I'm, and I might get back to that, but I'll probably do them online anyway, to be quite frank with you, right? But to me, it, the, key, the key bit is you need, to, you need to be able to put yourself in a situation, and this is what I do. I help people to get confidence to be able to be proud to serve people, not sell them. To have the guts to get on the call to say, Fred, it's Peter Beckham here. Is this at a convenient time to speak with you? But before I even do that, Fred, you know I'm going to call you because I've organized that beforehand. 
And that's all part of the coaching. I teach people how to build a relationship with Fred Gillen first so that when the call comes place and I say, Fred, would it be a problem if I left you my calendar link so we could get on a call together? Notice what I said? Now, would it be a problem? I'm asking for a no, right? Would it be a problem if I uh, left my calendar link? And if, if you say no, then we're on a call. It's the opposite of asking for a yes. Does that make sense? It's really yeah, and, and 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 it's and it's obviously very deliberate. But when you think about it, like there's like everybody says, no means no. Well, actually, in your case, no means yes. Correct. Correct. So, so it's an interesting play on words. Whereas, well, in most... a way, yes, but in a way, what it's doing. This is the key thing. I no, sorry, to interrupt you, Fred. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. The key, the key part of what I, you asked me about my coaching and I didn't want to spend time promoting that. I mean, I'm just trying to help today, right? Yep. But the key thing is this. You need to earn the right to ask people questions. Secondly, you should never assume that you know what their problem is. And thirdly, you need to seek permission at every stage of any sales conversation with people. That is the absolute reverse of traditional selling. Yeah, and it, but when you think about it, like it's, it's so logical and, you know, it, I'm trying to think of the right word around it, but when, when you package it like that together, it just, to me, it just, and maybe it's because I'm in the industry, but it just seems to be the valid thing to do, right? So, it, and, Fred, you know, I, I love it. I mean, I, you can do it. I mean, I'm passionate about this stuff. Right? I'm 76 yeah, yeah, years of age, yeah. right? <laughs> and, I, and the one part of the sales thing that people hate is prospecting, right? You know what, Fred? I've got to stop myself from doing it because I have so much fun doing it. Because to me, I don't think of it as prospecting. I don't think of it as sales. I don't think of it. All I do is think about building a relationship with a new person. And here's a, here's a very simple idea. And you probably will not take this up, but I'm going to tell you because it works. Whenever somebody reaches out to me for the first time on LinkedIn, on social media, on Facebook, wherever it is, okay, then I will always leave them a, a, either a video or a voice clip, never a text message. And by the way, there's a very good reason for that because I'm the world's worst typist, right? And but what I do is this. Fred, I'm delighted to accept your connection request. Thank you so very much indeed. And I, on the screen in front of me, I can see that your tagline, you do X, Y, and Z. You know what? I'm looking forward to finding out a bit more about that. But before we do that, I have a suggestion for you. Would it be a problem for you if I left you my calendar link here? So we could get on a call just for five or 10 minutes. So you can tell me what gets Fred Gillen out of bed in the morning. What drives you? What's your why? Because once I understand that, then the business opportunities we have together could be unlimited. But until I know that, I haven't got a clue. That's what I do. So, and, and, like, I'm glad I'm recording this. So, <laughs> but so... I'll ask a question about that. So if is that um, your test cert to see if they respond? And if they don't respond, you don't go any further? Or No. Okay. <laughs> so so, so basically, my, yeah, my question is, so if they don't respond, 
um, within a certain time frame? Do you do anything or not? Yes, I do. If they don't respond once, only once, because there's millions to pick from, right? And yep. I just want to have fun. Okay, I, I, I make this enjoyable. If, if I left you a voice message or video message and you didn't respond, Fred, then I just, I mean, I use a CRM, okay, Customer Relationship Management, bit of software called Agile. It's free anyway, right? But there's many of those around. And it just reminds me, Fred didn't respond. So this is what I do. Hey, Fred, I noticed you didn't respond to my voice clip about X, Y, and Z. You know, I just listened to it. My godfather, sound like I'm giving a eulogy at my grandfather's funeral. No wonder you didn't respond. Or sounds like I'm giving a speech at the United Nations. I'm so damn serious. No wonder you didn't respond. Or I just poke fun at myself. Yep, yep. That always, nearly always gets a response. But if it doesn't, finish, right? Because, be quite frank, when people don't respond to a request to want to get on a call to talk to you about themselves, not their business, all they're trying to do is flog their business to you. Yeah. Yeah, right? and that's and that's 90% of the connection requests you get. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Now, when people send me a connection request and I accept it and bing, straight away, they send me, for example, on Facebook, a text with links and all this sort of stuff, you know, typical spam, right? I will, I'll give them one sentence answer. I'll say, Fred, is this working for you? That's all I say in a voice clip. Fred, interesting. Is this working for you? Fred thinks because he's got all this stuff in his head. I'm not talking about you personally. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He's thinking, ah, he's interested. Yeah, I made 10,000 bucks last month. Da, 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 da. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm asking you, is this way of marketing to me working for you? Because it's sure not working for me. That's my point. And I've got clients from that, Fred. I've actually got clients from that. Some of them get affronted, okay, and they even unfriend me. Well, hallelujah, who cares, right? Okay. But others say, well, what should I do? I said, well, you're doing the worst thing possible. How do you know whether I need your X, Y, Z? Okay. And some of the worst offenders, oh, I won't go down there. Okay. There's, there's, you know, as well as I do, there's, there's certain areas within social media who are notorious for flogging their stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, not true. Anyway, does that make sense? Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I, we've, we've just gone over the, the 20 minutes of coming close to it. Um, and I, I try and, you know, make these nice, short little podcasts rather than going on for the hour that normal people do. Because as you know, I'm not normal. But um, so is there any, if for the listeners that, maybe starting out in business right uh, and they're you know maybe a year or two in whatever else is there any snippet of advice that you'd care to, to share for somebody to like you mentioned um lead generation and call like cold calling or um whatever it might be is there any advice that you could give somebody starting out yeah on how to get okay. better results Okay, I better go quick because I know time's against us because you just asked me a question I can spend all day on, right? First of all, you need to have a process. You need to have a process to generate leads. 
you need to have a process to get a percentage of those leads and convert them into customers. And you need to have a process or a system to nurture those customers so they become advocates. If you don't have those processes and systems in place, you don't have a business, you've got a hobby. Okay, that's, that's critical. You need to have that in place. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Now, great statement there about like you don't have a business, you've got a hobby. And, and I think that's where a lot of people, like particularly online, starting out, find themselves that they've just, it's really a hobby because they're not, not committed to it. Well, and that's, that raises an interesting point, Fred, commitment. Because what is key for those people who are listening to this, and I'm really hoping I'm helping somebody, right? You need to invest in yourself. If you aren't prepared to invest in yourself, then again, you're running a hobby. You're playing games. And the investment's got three aspects to it. And the first two are the most critical, and you control them. The first one is your commitment to make the changes necessary in order to be a success. The second one is time. Are you prepared to put the time in in order to achieve the transformation that you want? If you're not committed to changing or prepare or, or, or spending the time in it, then it doesn't matter what the money investment is, it's not going to work. But if you can convince me, Fred, that you are definitely, you've got the guts, you've got the intestinal fortitude, you want to achieve the change you want, and secondly, you are prepared to invest the time to make that happen, then I'll make sure, from a coaching perspective, that I put an investment in terms of the money that fits your budget to make it work for you. I think that's a great way to end it, Peter. Um, so if people want to actually take you up on that offer, that you can help them achieve their goals in, in, by coaching them, um, how do they get, get in touch with you? PeterBeckenham.com. Nice and easy. I'll actually put that in the, in the notes as well, in the, the, the show notes as well. So we'll make sure easy. that we get some leads happening on that. So I'd, um, I appreciate your time today, as always. And uh, this is the first one of the relaunch of More Marketing Ideas podcasts. And what an impressive lot of golden nuggets we've achieved today. Appreciate your time, Peter. Thank you, Fred. Enjoyed helping. All the best. No worries. I'll stop the recording. Well, now it's time for a word from our sponsor. And right now, that's me, Fred Gillen, your host of More Marketing Ideas Podcast. Yes, just like you, I'm in business and I'm here to help. If you would like to have a free, no obligation consultation with me to see how I can work with you and your business to help you attract more clients, pre-qualify them and build your business, then simply reach out to me on Facebook Messenger at m.me forward slash more marketing ideas so it's that easy just reach out let's get together and uh, see what we can do to help grow your business it's Greg Gillen at more marketing ideas podcast take care and have a great day